I'm there with my camera. I'm seeing like 12 foot tall demon statues, American dollar bills being sacrificed to idols, like weird, creepy stuff. They're like worshiping idols down the street. I mean, this is the real thing. And I mean, my heart is to win souls. So, I mean, we should be missionaries at heart and just focus on winning souls. And so when Jesus says to test the spirits, or a lot of people at church think that they're testing these ghosts or these woo-woo spirits that are flying all around, but each and every one of us has a spirit within us. And are we testing those spirits? And are we allowing the Holy Spirit living within us to discern the spirit that's standing in front of us in the form of a human being? So we have to be sure to remember that we're not only are we testing the spirits that are that are in woo-woo land, but we're also testing the spirits that are standing right in front of us. Who is this person and what kind of an agenda do they have? We have to understand when God says that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, we have to really now start figuring out what that means. Welcome to the Days of Noah podcast, where we talk all things biblical, supernatural, and strange. On this episode, we conclude with the second half of our Majestic Mashup, a collaboration that Rod Smith put together from the Millennial Mustard Seed podcast, along with Rick Copeland from That's So Fringy podcast, and the one and only Michael Basham from Fringe Radio Network, along with many other shows in his repertoire, and uh, of course, myself, Pete, and Luke from the Days of Noah. Um, Enjoy this second half, guys. There's a lot more that we discuss, and we take your questions uh, as we seek to answer this important question. What are the things that you wish you could ask in church to your leaders to your Christian brothers and sisters, and yet you are afraid to do so, or you know what kind of response you're going to get, and so you shy away from asking those questions. Or it seems they just never talk about these important things that are left unsaid. Maybe it's something supernatural. Maybe it's just sensitive issues. But let's not let the conversation end with this conclusion of this episode, this conversation. If you guys continue to have things that you feel you're not being heard in your circle of Christian influence, in your church group meeting, like Rod said, you have a place with us. Reach out to us and tell us your concerns, tell us your stories. Help us get the word out about important things that are happening in your life spiritually that may not be getting talked about. So with that, let's conclude our conversation with myself, my brother Luke, Rick, Michael, and Rod.
by faith engage in spiritual warfare. Just a little about me, since you know your audiences might not know, my family worked directly with Derek Prince, actually runs Derek Prince Ministries right now. And my grandfather wrote all these books about deliverance and um, just demon battles and spiritual warfare. And so this was, I mean, I'm no like guru guy. Like I'm kind of spoiled into this, like kind of grew up John Connor, you know, you're going to, your family, you know, you're going to, you guys are going to do it in the future kind of thing. Like just, this is all just in my blood, in my family. So then to go to Japan and go to Nepal and go to Taiwan and all these countries and then to join, I joined a cult for a little while. I'm still in touch with a lot of ex members that, you know, they've calmed down their fringe beliefs. And I'm like, hey, we could really use some fringe beliefs these days. Like, any of you guys still got any fight left in you? Um, it was heavily biblical centric and total on like everything fringe Christian, like memorize the Bible. In fact, they were the ones that led me to know Alex Jones, Infowars, and fringe Christian material, L.A. Marzuli, just individuals from that group, the children of God. But man, we would see things so often. I knew so many people. So it was like, oh yeah, um, in India, we we saw those blue elephant weird things. Like it came into one of the kids' rooms late at night. I ran in the bedroom and there's this big glowing blue demonic entity with an elephant nose. And boy, we started praying against that thing in the name of Jesus and it left. But I'm telling you, those things are real. And I'm like, what? Really? You know, stories about chimeras, weird like train stories about people seeing like the Indian army has monkey human hybrids. These are not podcasts, mind you. These are like direct testimonials stuff with ghosts. You know, I would see ghosts sometimes you would just, you can feel it when you go to like an Asian country. It's like a soup of just, wow. Yeah. There's a lot of Asia. There's a lot of idol worshiping going on around here. And you guys don't even have to go to the Asia anymore because it's in, it's coming here. Third world's coming here, baby. I found an ashram the other day. And I'm getting off topic really quick, but I, I was doing a clean. We do like property managing and just whatever we can do to to pay the bills. And then I passionately will stay behind the microphone. I was at a clean and I got this. I was so tired. I got this vision of an Indian, like a almost like an angelic. It was very heavenly. You get this blissful, peaceful feeling when the Holy Spirit's talking to you, even if it's t- something totally crazy. And it was this Indian voice that started to kind of cheer me on and i thought i was going crazy and i started to talk like this little bit feeling like indian night what is wrong with me and i'm literally just like god please help me get this done i'm so tired and then and it it passed and got everything worked out job done go outside there's all these indian people driving down the mountain and i'm like what the heck where are you guys coming from so i drove up the mountain and there's a big old ashram like an indian temple legit like they imported stuff from india just down the street hundreds if not thousands of indians i was the only white guy like i'm used to and i'm there with my camera just like hi i'm seeing like 12 foot tall demon statues american dollar bills being sacrificed to idols like weird creepy stuff they're like worshiping idols down the street so, I mean, this stuff, and you can feel that weird, soupy, like, whoa. And I'm just like, oh, man, I want to take pictures of, like, snakes, like, DNA kind of gods and idols. With, I mean, giants, like, demonic, evil, giant statues that they imported from India. I mean, this is the real thing. And, I mean, my heart is to win souls. So, I mean, we should be missionaries at heart and just focus on winning souls. 
But I'm like, oh yeah, challenge accepted. You guys got demons? Well, God, this is your turn. Do something. Do that whole, you know, that God thing. Let's see you do that. Like burn the wet logs and <laughs> yeah. the prophets yeah. of Baal. And that's where I get so excited. And, and the only yes. criticism I have to fringe Christian stuff is that people tend to focus on, you know, Timothy Alberino and all right, here's what you need to know about the face peelers and like so I was down there with my night vision goggles and he's like going on and on and like <laughs> where's the where's the moment of God showed up? You know, that's what I yeah. that's where I'm focused. So I hope that answers your question. When we when we get into these type of topics and we're trying to figure out, you know, what what are all these cryptids? What what's up with UFOs? What's up with this? What's up with that? And we, but nobody's talking about it because of the fear. And that's the thing that that I think people need to realize is you're holding yourself back from learning the full truth that God wants to reveal to you because you don't think it aligns to your worldview, your personal worldview that you got. And what I want to say is, is there's a lot of people that they don't realize that you grew up in a certain time, in a certain era, in a certain place in the world, on a certain you know, block in a certain neighborhood and your perspective of the entire, whatever we want to call it, cosmos, realm, dimension, whatever we're in, how do you think that you're ever going to fully understand all of the truth if you don't pull yourself outside of that paradigm of well, this is just how it is at my house, you know, because I grew up this way, or this is how this is how we do it at my church, or maybe you're from a big city and you go to big city church, mega church, and you guys all, you know, wear skinny jeans and you're stopping to get your coffee and you've got scarves on and all that stuff. That's awesome. Okay. But there's also small town churches where these people are like four or five people getting together. I mean, like Pete was saying, they're just getting together in their house and they're talking about God and that's it. And they're letting Jesus be the head of that meeting instead of, you know, some guy up there telling us all what we need to understand about the Bible in, in his way, with his translations, with all of his knowledge and his life circumstances. Before we came on the podcast, me and Rod were just rapping back and forth, and I and I said it's so crazy that when you're when you're reading the Bible, it actually says that you shouldn't take your teaching from man. Like we're not we're not taking our teaching from man; we're taking our teaching from the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus says. Jesus says, "I'm giving you a comforter. I'm giving you the Spirit, this this teacher, and and you're not supposed to be learning from man." Paul even says, "What what gospel do you think that I ha- that I'm giving you? Do you think that this is from my own accord? This isn't my gospel. This isn't I I got this from the Spirit of God, you know. And that's such a huge point that he's making because we're all running around like, and I mean we've dropped some names, obviously like Mike Heiser and all these guys that we that we've, but those guys are the front runners, right? They're just the John the Baptists in the in the wilderness, you know, just, just pointing everybody to Jesus, pointing everybody to their Bible so that they can actually get into it and read it in its original context. And so going back to what I was saying at the beginning, and I'll wrap with this, is you, 
you have to get outside of your own bubble that you live in. And you have to realize that the Bible wasn't written for you. It, it wasn't. It was written to a whole nother group of people at a whole nother group of time. And those people thought that it was such an important life altering event that happened. And they thought that this God of the universe was telling us something so incredible that they decided to keep telling other people and writing it down and telling other people and writing it down. And it got to the point where the oral history, and I mean, we even found Dead Sea Scrolls and stuff like that, right? And so this tradition of people passing on this baton is, is what we're trying to do here. We're trying to continue to push and if we can't get outside of our own comfort zones and our own spaces, our own bubbles, we're going to have a hard time opening up to what God has for us because it's way bigger than you can even imagine. Yeah. And just just to build on what you guys are saying, like I'm going to share a snippet of something that actually happened this year that's super interesting. I mean, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, but it's January of 23. And I get a phone call from Dan Duvall and I'm like, yo, what's going on? We're rapping back and forth for like 40 minutes. Like we're going. And he's like, well, I'm getting ready to leave the country. I'm going to Africa for a little bit, but uh, I had something really important to tell you. And that's why I wanted to call. And I go, well, what's going on? He says, this year is going to be one of the most interesting years for you. Um, some stuff is coming down the pipeline and you're in boot camp, kid, like get ready for what's coming out of the season. And I'm like, tell me more. He's like, Nope, sorry. Gotta go. I'll be in Africa for 10 weeks and hangs up. And I'm like, what the heck? Right. So I'm like waiting around. I'm like, what is going on? Three days later, I get a phone call from if anybody out there listening uh, knows of Marcus Rogers ministries, firehouse in Chicago, which he's, he's a big, you know, he makes music. I, I highly support what Marcus does. Well, his brother Klaus calls me and says, bro, I'm coming to PA. And uh, God just gave me a dream. There's revival coming out of Pennsylvania. And in February, every single day, we're going to go through uh, this 28 days in February. We're going to go through the book of Acts. There's 28 chapters. And we're back to the home church, back to just prayer, back to the way that the Bible says it. And we have seen stuff come out of this region this year. There's so much. There's not enough time in the day for me to try to explain to you guys all these connections, all these people getting baptized left and right. I think there's over like 40 or 50 people that have been baptized just out of the affiliation of what's been going on. And this is just the beginning. See, the thing is, is the information we have gotten is this is just for the workers. This isn't the harvest yet. Like workers are getting prepared for the influx. Like most people are like, oh, the harvest is here. It's like, no, no, no. Like, like we're fighting tooth and nail to like position ourselves as the laborers for when the flux comes in. <laughs> and so there's just so much that has happened behind the scenes. But just to see that was spirit, Dan calling. It's not like Dan gave me a layout and say, do this next and follow these steps. No, it was just the spirit of God tugging and leading saying, hey, kind of a, a bit of a prophetic voice. Hey, get prepared. Another person who's not affiliated with Dan, they don't know each other. They don't talk, right? And you can just see how God is is moving in that way. And it goes right back to the fact that, okay, second Corinthians gives us a list of the gifts. All right. Some of you are pastors, some are prophets, some are shepherds, some have the gift of servitude, right? We see all these different gifts laid out for the diversity of this one spirit, one truth, one baptism, but the comforter, our teacher Christ has sent with us. 
So I want to encourage somebody out there listening right now. If you're getting that gut tug, you're feeling a tug in your gut. God is calling you to whatever, forgive somebody, to repent, to go deeper, you know, to go up the mountainside by yourself. Yeah. Go take that four or five mile walk and go sit up there. Whoever that person is, you listen, and you need to um, get real with God and you need to say, I'm repenting of these things that I've went through. And if, if the spirit pricks you and says to say it out loud, Hey, I'm repenting of lust or wh- whatever that may be. Follow that. The reward is greater than we even have time to try to explain. And with everything that's going on right now, I would not be playing around with salvation. You guys, um, you are, you are welcome to, to come and ask these questions and be a part of what God is doing. Cause this is not one man. There's not a man fronting this whole thing. There's not one ministry. There's not one guy who's standing up. This is a body. We're dwelling together in unity and in agreement, and we're praising the name that is above every name. And we're sharing weird stories. Yeah, Gary Wayne, the same time all this is happening with Dan Duvall and Klaus and all these different ministries that are reaching out and all this stuff's going on. I drop an episode with Gary Wayne called Sinocephaly, Dogman, Werewolves, and Lichens. Yeah, and we go through a a crazy word and root study about where all of these beast-style creatures are right there biblically. Like the case that's argued from the root study, like you, you would just have to have your ears plugged. Nah, nah, nah. You can't tell me nothing if if you can't listen to that and be like, oh, I can never see my Bible the same now. So it was like all of this is happening side by side. It's not just fringe. It's not just it. It's all a part of God's plan. It is fringe. We're winning souls. We're growing in ministry. We're being led by the spirit of the living God. And this is closer. We're not, I don't think we've arrived there yet, gentlemen, but we are getting closer to what the Bible states the church should look like. The ecclesia should look like. So I'm passing it on now to someone else. Woo. Amen. Yeah. All hallelujah. Stuff, I'm just going to interject some hallelujahs until somebody else talks <laughs> That's probably the best way to go about it. Are we talking about are we going to be church or are we not? Are we going to just sit here? Are we going to be like a little bit, uh, a little bit more charismatic, guys? Hey, yeah, we got somebody's got their hands raised. Somebody's got to be <laughs> jumping around with some spirit flags or something. There was one thing, Rod, uh, from our last uh, church, like traditional church that we went to. Our small group asked because they were listening to Luke and I in our show in the, in the first few months and they weren't being critical or anything, but they just kind of asked like, where is the gospel in it? And I had to keep reverting back to the late Michael Heiser going to these conferences and people there being interested in biblical things more. So I really think we have a platform when we talk about the weird and the fascinating. Yeah. It's fleshly. Yeah. It's soulish, you know, but that's part of how we're made. Like, you know, food tastes good. Good music sounds good to our ears. Right. So yeah. Fascinating stories can pull you in and now you can go here. Let me tell you the bigger story. Right. So. Good stuff, man. Yeah. I think we have a lot of opportunity here to answer a lot of really cool questions and to, and to just drive this, uh, this conversation. You know, we know, we know that it's, it's a big responsibility, but 
people aren't talking about the Holy Spirit enough. You know, people aren't talking about the works of the disciples. You know, everybody wants to talk about the works of Jesus, but are we talking about the works of the disciples? We've got all of these guys walking around the earth that have been given authority, right, through Jesus Christ and what he's done. And they're they're just changing the world. They're able to speak many different languages. All of a sudden, they're able to, you know, heal the sick. They're able to do all kinds of things that nobody had seen happen before. And and nowadays, we're talking about like how well, you know, we can't do any of that stuff. That was back then. Jesus, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But we can't his message and what he was doing that's in the past. And you're like, well, that doesn't jive with me. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So uh, one question that, um, that we got when we were promoting this, uh, this collaboration that we're doing now, this idea for questions you wish you could ask your, your church or afraid to ask or all of that. Um, we got a question from a listener on demons um, he said, who are they? What are their tactics, their origins? Can they be redeemed? Basically the who, what, where, when, and how, um, I want to, I want to let you guys obviously chime in for that, but, um, it's on, it's on my listening list, my audible book list to, to go through Dr. Michael Heiser's uh, book on demons. Um, Again, Ryan Peterson in his book, Judgment of the Nephilim, lays out a pretty good case biblically, not even from the book of Enoch, which which you can draw on, but just biblically, uh, for demons to be the departed spirits of the dead Nephilim. The book of Enoch further elaborates on that, but if you just stuck with biblically, uh, Ryan does a good job on that. Um, Luke, we, we had an episode months ago where we dug into the word study a bit, the Strong's concordance on uh, unclean spirits. And one of the definitions of unclean was a mixture or an impure mixture. And And I remember saying, I think that's very fascinating because you have an unclean mixture of a Elohim, you know, angelic spirit, uh, involved with humans that should never have been created. It is an abomination. And that's by definition unclean. It's an impure mixture. You know, if you were to think of uh, working in a lab setting or a scientist, you have a pure solution of something unadulterated that you need to use for a test. If you had impurities in there, you would not be able to do that test properly. So that word unclean is used, and I think it's hinting at that mixture of seed. And if you look at Jesus's ministry in the Gospels, right, he, he obviously identified an unclean mixture in individuals that were manifesting around him. And he was, and this was a human, right? That had an unclean mixture of a demon. We don't know how it got in there, what the doorway was, but he identified it. And in some, in a lot of cases, they were manifesting certain things, deafness, dumbness, 
causing a child to be thrown into the fire, right? So just another example of an unclean mixture that you're referencing as far as a demon that was, you know, um, in the Gospels. Yeah. As far as demons go, it's really interesting because we, we all have to remember that everything that we are experiencing is, is time and space and matter and all of those different things. But that's just because that's how God designed it, right? But he's outside of that. And we have to open up. That's what I was talking about before. We have to open up our scope to the fact that there is so much more going on than, than you could even understand. There's frequencies that you can't hear. We already know that dogs can hear frequencies that we can't hear, or they can smell better than we can, or they can, you know, there's all of these different animals that can see better than we can. And so what are they seeing? How are they able to distinguish? How, how do they have these certain senses that help them to understand storms are coming and, and they need to move out of that area, all of those different things that they're tuned into spiritually. That's some people would call it, you know, instinct. It's, it's, it's a spiritual connection. It's everything around us outside of, of this time and space and matter and everything that we understand is spirit. And we are filled with, you know, the indwelling of those spirits. And so when Jesus says to test the spirits, and when Paul says to test the spirits, we all know that they're talking about, you know, or, or, or a lot of people at church think that they're testing these, you know, ghosts or these woo woo spirits that are flying all around. But each and every one of us has a spirit within us. And are we testing those spirits and are we allowing, you know, our, the Holy spirit living within us to discern the spirit that's standing in front of us in the form of a human being, but they are indwelled with the spirit. So we have to be sure to remember that we're not only are we testing the spirits that are, that are in woo woo land, but we're also testing the spirits that are standing right in front of us. Who is this person and what kind of an agenda do they have? Because, we have to understand when God says that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, we have to really now start figuring out what that means, right? What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And how is it that my spirit moves over out of the way and allows another spirit to come in, right? We have the we have the guy that uh, Jesus uh, cast the spirit out of. He said his name is Legion. So there was obviously a whole group of demons living in this one dude. So it must be possible that there are real ability to have multiple spirits within one container, if you will. Right. And so the whole idea of understanding being indwelled with the Holy spirit is the same idea of being indwelled with a demon. You know, it's, it's moving your spirit out of the way and allowing another spirit to come in and take control. So I want to share this original thought that I had recently that was driving me crazy. And and I need, this is the place to say it, right? <laughs> it's like, I think so. so we're learning about frequency. We're learning about materials, like as in, you know, if you have onyx or you have sapphire or any stones, right? Or just rock of the field, you have rocks, stones, whatever. Why is it that I get a ton of reports from old houses, historical homes having residual hauntings? And I'm like, well, if materials can, uh, like natural materials, like, like a stone from the field can actually absorb information and hold information, can something in the spiritual world have the legal rights to 
almost treat what happened uh, when there was a significant output of energy, like a DVD that they can pop into the player and play right so these old houses have they absorbed so much energy and frequency from all these different things you got this i grew up personally in a 300 year old famous philadelphia farmhouse right and there was weird things about the house and weird parts of the house and there was a famous philadelphia painter that that did all these battles uh, of gettysburg that are in our state museum here in pa right and it was like we're this is really weird so but the connection is if um material like jesus says even the rocks would cry out if the people didn't worship him well are demons who have legal rights tormenting people with residual hauntings because let's just say maybe they're not saved there's no anointing in the spirit world and they're going in and the demons are treating the old materials there like a reoccurring dvd player where they're just hitting play rewind play rewind and tormenting these people i don't know why i just had to drop that i didn't want to forget that one it was driving me nuts but how to how it all connects back to like the demon stuff in a nutshell what are the demons tactics that that's one of them in my opinion there's a demonic tactic a foul spirit is going to do foul things, right? Um, unclean spirits, think about the kind of stuff that that they do. Think about the anecdotal evidence. Let's see what the Bible says about foul spirits. We see people rolling and gnashing at the mouth, foaming, right? We see people with a dumb spirit that can't even, they can't talk or comprehend. We see all kinds of different things that, that the Bible showing us. The legion, that I mean, look at a Roman legion. That That's a whole fleet of Roman soldiers. And Another interesting thing that you brought up about that, Rick, is nobody could bind the guy who had the legion in him. So there was a physical attribute to the inhabitation of the spirit in his vessel, right? So he's just a mere man sitting there chilling, but now all these legions of spirits are in the guy that Jesus is commanding them out into the pigs, and he's manifesting supernatural strength. You ever see a Buddhist monk or you ever see somebody in a different religion levitate 10 feet off the ground while praying? Oh, yeah. Wonder how they do that, right? Wonder what power that's being done by. And just a comment real quick before I pass it on to somebody else about the tactics of demons. When the apostles were walking by in the book of Acts, even their shadow was healing people. So we need to know what the truth is and what it's not in order for us to grow and actually know who we're serving so we can graduate to that kind of level. Like, like I'm that's... writing. Uh, let me interrupt <laughs> you because right when you said shadow, I got a comment from Brandon Spain on Refined Podcast, and he said, uh, "Truth and Shadow Podcast." I think I need to read his comment because as I was yeah, writing the word dude, shadow, read it. it's, that's shadow. a time thing. Dude. So do it. Yeah, go with it. Um, uh, uh, let me scroll. I'm I'm reading off of the Spreaker French Radio Network where we're live right now. But um, and welcome Troy. So there's a a book called Evil Archaeology. Um. Truth and Shadow podcast is going to interview the lady that wrote this book, and it's about Mesopotamian, the Mesopotamian, Mesopotamians, Mesopotamians using demons to fight other demons. What do you think about that? Anybody want to go? Yeah, well, using um, demons to fight I, was, other, I mean, that's like what Solomon was doing, right? Like he was using the, yeah, like the, the Solomon yeah, power to the demons. I was just going to war with each other. Yeah, before you jumped in, Michael, I was just going to comment on the, on the residual in a house thing because we had Bill Schneblin on. Yeah, um, yeah, cool. and he, he was yeah he Bill was talking Sch- about um, he had he has sometimes a gift of seeing and he saw in a room blood all over the walls and God's wow. spirit told him that that was because that uh, people there had frequently used god's name in vain and it was like throwing blood on the walls so there's definitely things that can happen that way 
Um, but now I lost, <laughs> I lost what I was just going to say, Michael, to no, your thanks point. Thanks for about... keeping the train of thought. The audience is like, gonna no, Pete, uh, and you said shadow. It's like the most annoying thing. Um, you know, Steve Quayle used to do that all the time. He'd be like, Oh, good night. We're, well, we, I've been, I've had whiskey with these top level generals and they were telling me <laughs> about off planet generals stationed on off on Andromeda. And you know what? It really annoys me that LGBT, you're like, wait, wait, no, 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 go back. Wait, go back. Finish now. that thought. No. <laughs> Luke, you're going to say no. Oh, no, to Michael's question, uh, Pete, if you remember, uh, Phil Schneb- Schneblin was talking about this is before he came to Christ, how he was deceived. Yes, where that's the one. One, um, thank you. Aspect of his beliefs was defeating another aspect, and but both of them were ungodly. Yes, so so I he think used- the enemy will use uh, the tactic of deception in these cultures, you know, and, and they're still enslaved, whether it's one demon beating another demon, it's not really beating anybody or coming out victorious. It's all a play on steal, kill and destroy, keep you in a deceived mindset. Think, Oh, I actually accomplished something with this belief because this person got better. Did they really? Yes. Maybe it was a fake healing. It's it's a lure. No, you're absolutely right. And thank you. That is exactly what I was trying to remember uh, after my comment about the bloody room was, yes, he used uh, his occultic knowledge because Bill, Bill Schneblin's got a crazy story. He was a druid, a Freemason, a Satanist, a witch. I mean, just incredible story. But he was before Christ. He was using his occult knowledge to deal with a haunting that he had created in a school because he had done a seance. So the seance opened up hauntings for like two years. And then he found like a book of magic or something and he used this spell and it worked. But I think to Luke's point, that's the where that's where Satan lures you in with the occult. Um, to say, ah, it has power and, and you're, and you're puffed up by that. Uh, right. because he, he wants to take, you know, he gives you a little something, but he wants to take more from you, of course. Now, I want to kind of flip the script here a little bit and head in a direction to plant some seeds for future conversations of things that are super relevant with regards to things that need to be talked about in the church. And Michael Basham, we've had this conversation personally, uh, I don't know, half a dozen times over the last like month or two, right? About what about this millennial reign? What's really going on in the book of Revelation? Like, where are we at in the timeline? How do we find out? People are saying, oh, I'm post-millennial, I'm pre-millennial, I'm pre-tribulation. We're going to get raptured. And it's like, rapture's not there in this scenario. Harpazo, of removing or snatching away, it's the same word that was used in Exodus. They were still, uh, when the blood was spread over the doorway, they weren't snatched up and away like Philip was when he was preaching to the Ethiopian Harpazod, but the concept is the same that there was an angel of death that came through Egypt and was killing all, all the firstborn Egyptians, but the Israelites were right in the midst of them and they still were Harpazod. So there's some really interesting discussion on that, but Michael, I want you to just kind of plant a couple seeds because we have this epic, you know, collaboration coming up between me and you, and we're going to dive into this millennial reign of Christ. And we're going to talk about some really weird stuff that most people are like, why don't I, why, why am I not aware of that? Where does that fit in? 
Well, that's going to be a whole show. Um, you know, you, you kind of have to quit your job, get out of America for a few years, and just read the Bible, you know, maybe join a cult or two every once in a while. But just, you know, sit under – I used to sit under this ancient tree in Tokyo alone. I was just a student. I was not in a cult. I was just – I'm being silly. Don't join the cult. Um, and I would start reading Isaiah, like Ezekiel, Jeremiah. Like I never sat down and read those books. You're always marching around like you must do the homework assignments. You must get a part-time job. You must go to the party. You must learn the language. And so it was like the Holy Spirit just had me read the Bible. And then in that in that context of being away from America and just seeing everything in the big picture and really reading the whole Bible and then a few – people came along and were like, you really need to look at the millennium. Like this is the big thing that's coming. It's not even the end of the world, the antichrist. It's like the millennium is the big one. And it's the Bible is full of this 1000 years of us reigning with Jesus Christ for a thousand years. And then at the end of that, one more test and then earth gets destroyed completely another rapture. And then it's just the end of world history. And prophets like Neville Johnson have spoken that, and he's not a Mormon, don't worry. But like at the end, when the New Jerusalem comes down, this celestial gigantic city and it lands on the earth, if you take the Bible literally, literally, which I recommend people do as much as possible, there is some figurative and symbology and stuff in Revelations. But just take it. I mean, the angel was measuring the New Jerusalem. The thing is the size of the moon. Still not that big compared to all the galaxies out there and all the stars that that we're going to begin to colonize and the people of God are going to basically be the shepherds of humanity to just start filling space. I mean, it's going to be crazy. Like Elon Musk has got a good vision on that point. And I know some listeners are like, no, there's no space. It's flat, dude. I'm not talking to you guys right now. I just I love you. <laughs> we're not having that conversation at this moment, <laughs> but the millennial reign of Christ is coming uh... and, and we're going to get into it and like every little skill that you have. I have a degree in Chinese and Chinese history and culture and whatever. I never use it. But I'm going to in the millennium. I'm going to be working with the Chinese. I love their culture. Maybe I'll go back again. Um, Japanese too. Who has time to, to do all the things they want to do in this life? Every skill that you have. Every like handyman skill. Architecture. People. Person. You're going to be using it during the millennial reign. In that period of time. So we're going to do a show about that and it's going to be fun. I just, I like to focus more on that than Jesus is coming back, but we're all the Antichrist is going to kill everybody first. And, ah, run, you know, like more canned food, more canned food. And it's, <laughs> it gets, it's tiring, like more yeah. gold, more guns, more. And I mean, if we exactly. die tomorrow, then what was the point of all that? You know, like we've got to have yeah. a plan, a long-term plan and a vision of hope to give people. And the millennium is that. Anyway, thank you for asking. Um, and I, yeah, and I wanted to plant that seed for the excitement of what's to come there because I don't really hear anybody else talking about that. You know, there's not really much of that no. ripple effect going on out there. And I've gotten from my daughter's, man, she's going to be 16 in like, what, two months. And it's relevant among her friends and her conversation. Like I literally was out in Ohio, or I don't know, like a month or two ago, like, preaching the gospel on porches in Ohio to like my daughter and her friends. And they're like, they have these questions and I'm like, this is crazy. Cool. You know what I mean? And then we hit Youngstown, Ohio with Klaus and we're, we're doing spiritual mapping and praying through there. And, and it's like, th this stuff is happening. We went through the whole state of PA from border to border and did like, you know, like this crazy prayer drive. It was a while ago, but 
um, this stuff is going on. And, and I just want to read some scripture here real quick. And then you, you know, somebody else jump in, you comment on whatever you want, bring another question up, comment on the millennial stuff. But this is Isaiah 60 and we're going to start in verse one. I'm just going to read a couple, couple lines here. Arise and shine for thy light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness, the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light and the Kings to the brightness of thy rising. Hmm. Nice. Um, I wanted to round out a little bit the the demon question again, because he was asking about, um, can they be redeemed? I feel like I don't think there's any bi- biblical precedent for that, that I think in, in God's uh, rule book, you know, that's a, that's a human thing as far as redemption. Um, but the other point I wanted to make is that I, I think, I think we're a three part being, and I know it's very controversial whether Christians can have demons. Um, but, the way that it's helped me to understand it is, and this goes back to salvation too, right? So let me just lay this out in a couple minutes real quick. God said when they ate of the fruit in the Garden of Eden that they on that day they would surely die. Well, we know they didn't uh, stop being having their personalities, okay? So their soul didn't die. We know that they didn't drop dead that day. So their body didn't die. Those two things are intact. Now, fast forward to Paul. He says, if you confess with your mouth, body, and believe in your heart, soul, you will be saved, spirit. Mm. So the spirit is what died. We can prove that just right there. So a Christian can have a demon. How? Because the demon resides in the body and the soul. It doesn't reside in the part of the body that is the spirit. That is the Holy Spirit's place. Um, So that's how I understand that it can work. And if you look at the experience of people in deliverance, I mean, Michael, I'm sure you could speak to this much better being involved with the Prince Ministries, but um, these are Christians. They're counseling for everything that we can tell. These are genuine believers that are being vexed by unclean spirits. So I just want to make that point. Well, that's the whole, I, I don't know who commented on this, but, um, and I'm no deliverance pastor or anything. I just, you know, very interested in the whole the aspects of the mysteries of the spirit. I don't think anybody really understands fully the spirit. That's why we need the Bible. But, um, well, who commented about like, you can have kind of like residual, you know, stuff in your system that's just maybe wounded and then it's like you have like a an open wound and you can even get like maggots crawling under your skin but it doesn't mean that you're a bad person it just means you left you left that untouched you know you got that festering wound of um unforgiveness going on and then and people can now look at the look at the trans community they're like all they're not gay. Remember gay was like oh, I am so happy. Wow. We're <laughs> gay. You know, I'm Tim Cook. Now it's like, I mean, I've met some really, really wounded kids that are trans because I was doing a restaurant in Honolulu and I met so, so many people 
And I remember there was this seething entity that I was bringing alcohol to. Probably should have not done that. And at the end of the um, of the the night, this person was just sitting there, all weird and just like <sighs> seething. And then, oh, can I see your ID, please? Oh, oh, yeah, okay, thank you, sir. And I mean, the it was a dude, but oh, the ID had a girl's picture on it. And I was, I had like ten tables. I was working at Buffalo Wild Wing, Buffalo Wild Wings. Goofy stories. This person, I just got this feeling like this person. I can tell they are full of demons. And like, if ever this communist revolution takes place that we've been hearing about, this is the kind of person that would probably take pleasure in like burying me under ten inches of dirt. <laughs> like thinking they were doing the right thing for their thing. And so then I go back to pick up the check. The person left and I look at it and there's this long letter of hatred and just this filth and like making like comments about how I looked and just like, it was just this demon. It was just, and it was all because I didn't use the right gender pronoun. It's the only time it's ever happened. But I remember thinking like I was busy. I didn't have time to like squint and be like, Oh, you're dressed in drag there. It was just this, and I had that that picture of like this is somebody that's really full of bitterness and anger, and and then now what are we seeing? I mean, not to get this banned on YouTube, but we're seeing like the the so called you know the the minority persecuted trans going in and shooting up Christian schools full of kids, and then their their letter came out, and they're just full of like this vile, just oh you you can't wait to kill it, you know this is. We're going down some dark paths here. The new Rick and Morty episode. It's about cannibalism. Do not watch it. It's disgusting. I was like trying to eat watching Rick and Morty. I'm like, <laughs> like it was all about eating dead bodies. Where is this going, guys? Like, where's the world going? We got to protect yeah. our kids. Inspires me to hear Rod going on these faith trips, taking his teenagers out on this. And I mean, I was sheltered from the world. My parents sheltered me a lot. Did it turn me into some evil weirdo no i i went further i went even more into like gosh mm. like the world is crappy and stupid i'm gonna go learn japanese in japan for a few years like <laughs> our kids should be given that protection so that they can take on anyway i'm getting into another field but it's just it's heartbreaking to be in america and just to see what they're doing everywhere here it's like literally a horror movie these podcasts your guys's shows are vital these communication streams fringe radio network it's just so important that we have um this conversation and uh, let me just recommend steve Harmon, steve peace Harmon. we had him on strange o'clock and he's been mm -hmm. on my show thanks pete for mentioning him he's he's a brilliant guy on that so i will shut up and let somebody else take the microphone thank you very much <laughs> so I think it would be kind of cool at this point like if we just do like a recap on each one of our shows and just kind of like re um you know invite who we are and what we cover as yeah. and maybe recommend an episode from each one of your guys podcasts like something like newer or what from whatever time it doesn't matter like just recommend right, something yeah. that like you know a lot of these listeners have the rest of the day today and it's like here go bite your teeth into this you know what i mean so i'll just go real quick i'm rod with the millennial mustard seed podcast i've been uh, on fringe before with uh mr michael basham and uh you might've heard my voice through that's so fringy or the days and podcast. These guys reached out and interviewed me. And the idea is we're, we're humbly pointing people back to the Messiah and we're not shying away from the weird topics. So 
this little mustard seed was planted a long time ago. And the word says, he who plants and he who waters, it's a good wage, it's a good labor, but God gets glory for the growth. And uh, it's an honor to be able to serve in this way and just encourage people and be encouraged. Like it's totally humbling to be here. Like if, if I listened to the voices in my head years and years and years ago, I wouldn't even be alive. Let's put it that way. You know, so to see what God has done in order to be able to, you know, nurture and feed. And, and, and that's another encouragement for somebody out there. Don't listen to the negative voice in your head. You have what it takes. You're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Because there's other voices out there. Be careful which one you listen to. I am living proof of God's grace and how he can use a broken thing to do something amazing. And we express that here on the Mustard Seed Podcast. Uh, I dropped an episode recently where I actually recommend a bunch of other podcasts and I read a bunch of the Apple reviews. Um, you know, I share like an audio message that was called in by like another doctor. I got like a bunch of doctors that want to talk to me and like get interviewed on the show now, which is like really cool. Cause I'm like, Oh, like I didn't like, I don't have an education. Like, you know, I don't want to tell people where I actually stopped, but I'm like, Oh, I'm unqualified. But, but I think that's the signature of the Holy spirit. You know, the uneducated fishermen, they were saying of them, clearly these men have walked with the Lord because they're uneducated fishermen and God is using the simple things to confound the wise and say that in all meekness and humility, like that's with reserved power and humbleness. Like I am nobody special. You guys, I'm not, that's why I'm a driving force to represent other members of the body and other podcasts. Like I don't have it all figured out. Like I based a lot of my show around recommending other people that I see they're doing something right. And, uh, just wanted to kind of wind down on my own snippet with that and then pass it on to the next person. Um, plug an episode, tell us a bit about what you do on the podcast, what God is the vision that he's given you. Yeah, well, I'll go next if that's okay with everybody. Uh, again, for those listeners that maybe just jumped on, my name is Rick. I'm with That's So Fringy Podcast. It's a podcast that my wife and I do together with her sister. And a lot of it stemmed from just um, you know wanting to communicate uh, the things that are going on in our world and how it relates back to this overarching war that we see going on in the Bible and how that, that war that we see in the Bible never went away. Like that's, that's actually still happening today. And, and being aware of that is what leads us to, to repentance and leads us to salvation, right? Being aware that there is a side that you have to pick that you have to be able to make a decision at some point, right? And so we started out uh, at the very beginning, and and don't don't get on to us about the quality, right, of our first couple of episodes because I know more than you that they are garbage when it comes to quality. But the content, um, as we were beginning, we wanted to start with who are they, you know, because a lot of times we talk about who are they? Uh, we get those questions from people where they say there is, there is this entity or this force or this whatever that is doing this such and such thing. And the first question you always get is, well, who are they? Who are those people or who, who is that thing? And so we thought it would be a good idea to start with that. So we started with who are they one and who are they two? Those are the like first couple of episodes we have. And it was basically just stepping back and saying, okay, how did we get here? 
How did it begin in the Bible? And then how did we kind of roll downhill to where we are now? Because we can all probably agree that we, we have rolled downhill, <laughs> not uphill. But uh, I think I think we're on that pendulum swing, and I've talked about this before, where there is this downhill pendulum, but at some point that pendulum is going to swing back in our favor. And I believe that it is doing that now, where there is a time of restoration, and that pendulum is swinging to that, to that point. And so that would be an episode or two episodes that I would recommend for us. We like to just talk about all kinds of things. We're going through a series right now on false flags and stuff like that. And I like to talk about some things that are political. Um, some people might not like political stuff, but it, it all matters, guys. We have to pull all of it into our scope and say, how do all of these pieces fit? Because we're not going to throw out the Bible. That stood the test of time, right? There's been book after book after book written on how the the test of time has not been able to kill this book. So if we're not going to throw out the Bible, then we need to figure out how everything else relates to it, because that's the source, right? Amen. Powerful. That's a really good point. People need to start with the Bible, the reality of the Bible. Amen. Yeah. Guys, it's great to be here uh, to get to meet you, Rick, and, and you, Michael, for the first time, and um, a privilege to uh, be on this journey with you, and the, and for Luke and I doing this now a year plus, and getting to know Rod and the connections there has been really great. I came across his show, I want to say maybe March this year, some sometime around then, and we got connected. Uh, heard him interviewing Dr. Laura Sanger and a few others that that. Luke and I look up to, um, for us, our journey was through blurry creatures. Luke told me about the show and I got hooked. I was binging it, uh, one week at work where I, where it just so happened the project I was in, I was able to, to listen over and over. And about the third or fourth day of the week, I just felt this prompting, like we should do this. We should talk about these things. Um, not necessarily the creature thing, but, but part of it. And, and the, and the big picture and, and what's coming and the supernatural and all of that. And Genesis six giants, that was a huge one. I remember Luke introducing the word Nephilim to me many years ago with, uh, what was it? Randy Elkhorn, Luke? Was that? Uh, no, I'm no, trying to think. Randy Domain. Randy Domain. Sorry. Yes. I'm, I botched yeah. that anyway. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? So that's where we started. It was going to be almost like a book club with Luke and I, and maybe one or two other people having like a Saturday discussion. And I had a coworker of mine say, you guys should record this. I'm like, Oh, well, that's a good idea. All right. Started recording it. And then the wheels started spinning in my head creatively. And I'm like, Oh, I could put this out on the airwaves. And so I just want to encourage people to like have these discussions. And if you feel like you want to have a voice of your own or you want to bring on others. Like Rod said, we're, we're small fish, but you know, we want to be faithful in the small things, you know, make, make connections over time and don't feel like you have to have it all together. Um, and, and let God run with it because I think, I think God loves deep delights and, and using the, the simple things to, to, to show up the wise. Um, so a couple episodes to recommend for us on the days of Noah that Luke and I host is um, if you if you are very, very new to the topic of 
the supernatural in the Bible outside of, you know, walking on water, the stories that we all kind of grew up with in Sunday school, things like the Nephilim in Genesis 6 and the reason for the flood. If you're very new to that, you will relate to how we kind of ease into it on episode one with Luke, myself, and my friend Don. And Don was a part of many of our earlier episodes. Um, If you are a little farther along in that, I would jump fast forward to episode 35 with Doug Van Dorn, uh, Origin of the Genesis 6 Heresy. And to me, this is the... If if this episode could get 10 times more plays than any of our other ones combined, I would be happy because, again, I said it earlier, I think it's so crucial to understand the reason for why God did what he did with the flood, with the holy wars, with Joshua and so on. You don't have a context for it without the Nephilim. You don't have a context for it without the the seed of, the, of Satan against the seed of the woman in Genesis 3. And Doug Van Dorn lays that out very, very clearly. Um, And then beyond that, I would say Gary Wayne, episode 45 and 46, Counterfeit Eden and the Return of the Golden Age. Um, That one blew my mind, just how he laid out from the very get-go how all of these false systems and religions started and what they've turned into. So. Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, are, is it my turn or did we all go? I mean, Mr. Basham, it think is your good. turn now to answer the questions. I know, uh, as far as my show that I do every day, um, I would just recommend people join us like in the live stream because at this point it's turning into kind of like Alex Jones Infowars. Like, it's just like, Get in here. We got to fight this battle. Who's in here? Just share the stream. You know, it's always something happening. I would say the local, the latest interview I did, Spear Force was um, the team Waynesville, uh, Stephanie Sutton. It's really important just so that you can see like how a local town could be your town. And it's probably your town. But I mean, it took supernatural grace to see how they're infiltrating these towns. And there's big money, George Soros money coming in. And you could have a tiny little town in the middle of nowhere. They're coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the thing. You might say like, oh, I have a small podcast or whatever. No, like you're the podcast in your town. Like you're the guy. Um, and we need to continue these shows. Fringe Radio Network has, has gotten uh, Spreaker Prime. So I would advise people that are, you know, if if you can handle us. I mean, that we're pretty fringy, but um there's there's an opportunity there to promote your shows more. Uh, it's the smaller networks though. Like the, you might see a Steve Bannon crash and burn, or a Trump go to jail, or an Owen Schroyer, or somebody like that. But like if you have two, if you have, they say too many podcasts. No, these are each one of you guys is vital. Like keep planting the seeds. Interview Gary Wayne every week. I bet you. We should do a race. Like who can interview Gary Wayne the most? You know, <laughs> I love that guy. But also your voices are important. Do some solos, like your monologues. Like um, I'm I'm most familiar with Rod's, but I mean his the millennials are listening. They want to hear this man. You have the cool factor. You make us all look cool. And then also you can connect with that generation. Your your daughters in that age length wavelength age group whatever we can 
look at it always like we're we're training others to train others to train others. And um, as far as interviews go, though, like I'll be doing as many interviews as I can. Um, Strange O'Clock Podcast is really the flagship project that I get to be with with uh, Jerilyn Kozak. Is we have a show with Derek Gilbert that I really liked. It was really cool to talk to the legend finally, like after years. And um, and then uh, finally, don't if you listen to my stuff, like sometimes I'll interview people and I don't agree with them, but I'm trying to witness to them. So don't be afraid to interview somebody that's trans or whatever and a witch. If God leads you, be careful. Don't just do it all the time. Some people have gotten, some people have turned to the dark side of the force, you know, listening too much yeah. to that stuff. But <laughs> we're focusing on the super soldier program people, James Rink. Yeah. People that yeah. like the James Casbolt stuff, the really crazy, weird, off-planet occult stuff. I got intercessors behind me. I got, you know, Derek Prince Ministries praying for me. But we went in and we prayed with James Rink to receive Jesus. And this guy is like a hub of all these new agers, super soldier talk, YouTube channel. He received Jesus. I don't know if he realizes it, but you know, it was kind of one of those like, <laughs> pray with me. <laughs> you know, I don't know what you guys think of the salvation prayer, but I think it works. Nice. Um, better, it better work. You know, <laughs> how do you get saved otherwise? Uh, ref- re- re- confess, you know, repent, but confess. Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be saved. Anyway, um, we're a war operation and this is a military and we need soldiers all the time. So this is a round table of knights and I applaud Rod for putting this together. And uh, we're live again on Fringe Radio Network. Thank you for allowing us to do that. And then um, maybe tell us where the video is going to be too. Yeah, so this will be uploaded onto my podcast on the millennial mustard seed, I'm going to send the audio and video files to each one of you guys. If you feel led to upload it to your YouTubes, if you got a rumble account, um, I'm going to put it on YouTube. I'll put it on rumble. It'll be on the mustard seed. So, uh, and anybody else who is here on this majestic mashup, who wants to share this as well, beyond just the live beyond the mustard seed, let's send the ripple wave out there. Let's get this message out there. We are a team. We are like-minded. There's one spirit, one truth, and one baptism, and clearly a diversity of gifts. (laughs) And a lot of awesome questions yet. And it looks like Rick has one right now. So Rick, what do you got? (laughs) Yeah, it's not a question. I just wanted to let everybody know that we we don't want to come into this and act like we have all the answers and that we're that your local pastor or, or your local church isn't sufficient or that, or that none, none of it that's going on there is worth it. We're not saying that. What we're saying is, is we need to transform it. You need to be an agent of change in your own community that, exactly. you know, and if you have these questions, um, you know, be bold, be bold, just as, just as bold as you would be to enter into the throne room of God, right? You should be able to be that bold to walk into your churches and say, this is what Jesus says. And why are we doing it this way? You know, cause we, it's the silent majority that, that keep us walking down this path, right? We have to, we have to stand up. And I know, this has kind of been a jumble, lots of questions, lots of talk, lots of things, but we're going to continue to do this, guys. This isn't this isn't the only episode that we're doing. We're going to continue to do this. So if you're thinking, oh, I got on here and I had a question I didn't get to ask it or, or you didn't answer my question, blah, 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 I get that. We all understand that we can only put so much in a certain amount of time, but our goal is to continue to come together for this mashup and talk about all of these things together because... 
because we know you have more questions. We know that this wasn't enough and that right now you're mm-hmm. salivating and you're foaming at the mouth, not like a demon or anything crazy like that, but you want to, <laughs> you want more of this content. Yeah. You're not pulling Michael over there, making weird sounds into the microphone, but that's, but this, this agenda that, that we have is, it's not our agenda. It's it's mm. God's agenda. This is what Jesus told us to do was to push his gospel message, the good news throughout the whole world. And we have this thing called the internet, so why not utilize this technology, right? We in the matrix you always have the fight against the machines and the humans and all of that, right? What so people when it comes to technology and everything like that, they want to push it away and be like, Oh no, I'm spiritual. I'm not, I'm not technological. Well, I think that those things mesh. And I think you're going to get to the point where you realize that that's a lot more connected than you ever could have imagined. And that you're going to come to a point where you realize that God is uh, technological and we can use this technology to do those things. Pete, you got something? Yeah, I was going to piggyback on that. You know, Tim Benz told us on, on one interview that we should ask God what he was thinking of when he thought of making us. What was what was the purpose he had in mind for us? You know, we're, we are diverse as the body of Christ. And, and thank goodness that we're all not ears, eyeballs or, or you know, or toenails or whatever. Like we, we need the whole thing. And. And find your voice. Ask God to reveal what your voice is supposed to be in your local uh, ecclesia, your local church gathering, um, and 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 play that part as He reveals that. Well, it honestly is an honor to be with you, gentlemen, and to know. That everything that's coming down the pipeline is going to be organic and natural. It's stuff is just happening. Enoch, uh, our buddy from the rundown of our reality, was commenting recently and said, who is all surprised with as much as they have learned over the last three years, you know, since COVID? And and I was like, dude, back in those days, you know, when, when the foundations were being laid for the little seed over here, it's like every couple months we learn something pretty big and fit it into the prayer closet. And now it feels like it's every single day, something is coming down the pipeline. Every single day we're learning something. And it's more of a reason now than ever to believe and to cry out to God. Uh, our salvation is closer now than the day you first believed. And I'm humbled to be here. Michael, I'm just uh, honored to call you friend, man. And laughter is so important. You know, as we really wind down and, and close this first epic of, of hopefully many meetings and gatherings like this, um, Michael brings, you know, a seasoned perspective, you know, just being a part of a uh, future quake, you know, the foundations of this stuff, you know, I just got in contact with Basil and Gons recently. And it's like, we have so much to talk about. Michael with, you know what I mean? The, the, the foundation, these guys were torch bearing back then. They're still doing it now. They're changing the game as we know it. And like, we're finding each other and we're seeing what each one of us can bring to the table for the glory of the name that is above every single name. That's why we're in the race. Yeah. I knew those hands were going to go cool, man. Love your guys. Hugs. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, get in your audience. Get in your brain. It's brain. Get in here. Bring it in. 
put those wings out, gentlemen. All right, you guys, this is super cool. We got to do kind of a hard close here in just a minute. So let's give Michael Basham the last word and just thank you for opening up Fringe Radio Network for all of our crazy voices, man. Thank you for just being Thanks, like... Michael. Yeah. yeah hey, thank you. Cool. It was so fun. All I want to say is to all you guys that skipped Saturday morning cartoons this morning to be a part of this. 11 11 2023 started at 11 11 o'clock too by the way was the timestamp. not into that but you know um and that's the that's why the voices i thank you guys um just keep going for god and uh don't forget to send all of us lots of money you know <laughs> you know you can do that i appreciate no don't be afraid po- new podcasters don't be afraid to send out your your paypal and all that because we need to support each other and if you don't have money text one of these episodes that you like i challenge everyone to follow all of our podcasts and just send a comment let us know that you're listening welcome all of you guys in the chat i want to say thank you to troy demchek and brandon spain and bt wallace and uh we'll definitely have to um do another one of these soon um thank you so much god bless you all thanks guys great thank you we'll see you guys on the next one that is all for this wonderful saturday 11 11 11 and can't wait to do it again god bless and goodbye